am I persecuting you? Yes. Welcome back to Bad Queens, episode five? Who knows? Um, I'm Courtney, and I understood Inception. I'm Rhiannon, and I'm one alcohol wipe away from becoming a lens cleaner. Oh. Okay. okay. I, ha- I have at least five lens cleaners on my person right now. You're wearing leggings. <laughs> How? There are three in my pocket, one in my bra, and one in my phone case. So- I think that's it. For context, earlier this week, Rhiannon told me she's incredibly addicted to keeping her glasses clean. Yes. This is the first time I've seen her since that confession. Yes. I, I didn't realize it was... in my bra because it's I, warmer than the rest. I didn't realize it was to this extent. I literally... So I, I bought new glasses uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. In January, probably. Mm-hmm. End of January. I don't know. Um, but before that, I had worn the same pair of glasses for, like, five or six years, and they were terrible. They didn't fit my eyes anymore. Like, they weren't the right prescription. Nothing was good about them. They were, like, scratched to shit. So there was no making them feel clean, right? So then I bought these glasses, and I love them. Not these ones in particular, but I bought, like, three different pairs of glasses, and I love how the prescription is and how clean they are. So, like, any fingerprint that gets on them, I have to clean it immediately so i keep lens cleaners on my person at all times you keep a lot of lens cleaners on your person in very different ways that's the thing i don't the one in my bra is like an emergency i don't want to get that one if i don't have to you know i don't want to be digging in my bra in the office i don't want to be like in conversation and be like yeah hold on let me just dig down my tits real quick but you know what of all the women I know in my life who keep things in their bra, their bra is a purse. They're some of the best women I know. I, I, I mean, trust them immensely. I could have told you that from the beginning. And they I'm give the best advice. Either the best or one of the best women you know. Blink at me all you want. We both know it's true. I guess. Thank you. Anyway... Rhiannon's obsessed with cleaning her glasses, um, and today I have yet to figure out what our title for this is going to be. I'm kind of waiting until we start talking and hoping that one of us says something kind of cute, but we're going to kind of talk about sexuality and media, less in terms of, I mean, a little bit in terms of, like, what's the word? Representation. Yeah, representation, and more just thinking about, like, I just read your mind. Yeah, you did. That was really good. <laughs> I'm really even, proud of we you. hadn't even said that word no, yet. No, no, today. no. I was like, damn, she really did that. I think it's worth pointing out right now at the beginning, for everybody listening, Courtney and I have already had a lot to drink. Yeah. This is, we're at a different starting point than we usually are at the beginning of the podcast episodes. So usually we make drinks and we start drinking right when we record. But we've been hanging out for Probably an hour, 45 minutes, and we've already, like, Rhiannon's already finished her whole drink. Yeah. I'm drinking kind of slow, but I'm a little more of a lightweight than Rhiannon. Yeah. And my drink's also very strong. So, like, 
this is the most drunk we've ever begun the podcast Started. on, and we are planning on doing shots games this round. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be interesting. Bear with us. Mm-hmm. It's like I was saying, it's going to be less about representation. We're obviously going to talk about it a little bit because I have thoughts, but it's more going to be about getting into who's actually playing these characters and what happens when someone's playing a character that doesn't align with their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. So I've got a list of examples. I'm really excited. We're going to talk some shit about Ryan Murphy in particular. He Good has dues to pay to me. We'll talk about it. Okay. And then we're just going to kind of get into this conversation. So you're going to hear two bisexual women talk about whether or not people should play characters that don't align with their sexuality. You're going to hear two bisexual women talk about that topic when one of them has no idea what we're talking about today. We're going to get into it. It's going to be good. <laughs> okay. All right. Um... Do we want to do a shot before we take a break? Yeah, sure. Okay. Go we, ahead. Wait. We can't shake the thing this time because it was really loud last time, but we don't want to just take those three that are on the top. So what do we do? <laughs> take one. <laughs> don't look. I picked this one. I was say we can shake it. I just need to edit it out. Nope. I picked this one. It's Mango Unchained. Don't look. Just pick one up. For the record, Rihanna just dumped them all on the floor. Not all of them. Only half. I got blue raspberry smash <laughs> from the floor. Queen behavior. That's what I'm on. I'm today. amazed that one of the blues got on the floor because they're on the bottom. They're all dented. <laughs> I wonder why. The way I just swallowed that toxic waste candy in one gulp. Wait, I need to flush it down quick before. Same I but with that shot. I'm invincible today. There's a very competitive energy in the air today. I'm a very competitive person. That's a lie. I'm not a very competitive person. But today, I'm feeling it. Mm, you didn't finish that. I'm selling you out in front of the people. Oh, come on. She's making... She's gonna throw up. She's making the grossest face. Blue raspberry's the worst flavor. I'll do one next time. Do it. It's not even that it's alcohol. I'll do one right now. Oh no. It tastes. Courtney's gonna have to walk me across the parking lot. It tastes like something very specific that I had once. <gasps> it tastes like blue UV. I can't do the blue raspberry anymore. Okay, done. We're not off to a good start. <laughs> I will throw hands today. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break and then we will be right back. Welcome back. Um, Rhiannon is cleaning her glasses, so she's only got four lens cleaners left, people. <laughs> Running low. Might Those have things to look dry them. as shit. They're not. Look, it gets my glasses wet. I can hear it. So? They're still wet. It's paper. It's wet paper. That feels wrong. I, I feel don't. like you're getting micro scratches on there. I genuinely don't care how you feel about my glasses. <gasps> you may be my best friend, but I don't care what you think about my glasses. That's why I still wear the clear ones after you told me you hated them. Watch this. I'm not looking. Because you're rude to me. You're a bully. I don't give bullies the time of day. For the listeners listening, that was redundant. Um, I just smeared my fingers on my eyeglasses. Good thing. I, think I, so I can't see Rihanna. 
gosh, it's like a cloudy day. Well, you look clear as day, so it's a good thing my glasses are clean. Good for you. Oh, well. Alright, anyway. Let's get into it. Um, I think it'd be fun to go through a list of people who are gay who have played, like, straight characters. I know one. And not just one-offs in TV shows, like, actual characters. What's the one that you know? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Uh. From How I Met Your fucking, Mother. I don't even know his name. Yeah. Legendary. Yes, Legendary. That was my first one as well, because Never I think that's what it. everybody thinks of. Yeah. Because... If I remember correctly, when How I Met Your Mother was on TV, people didn't know he was gay because that was like his breakout role. And then eventually he came out and people were like, how are you gay? You play a womanizer on TV. So I think he's like the flagstaff person people think of when they think of like a gay man playing a straight character. Let alone, not even that, just like a gay man playing a womanizer. Which is like, to many people, it's like the opposite of a gay man. A gay man that's incredibly interested in women. Hey. I forgot his name. From Glee? No. Glee. I have a few from Glee, actually. Uh. Anyway. The, uh, Big Bang Theory. Uh, Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. Sheldon. Sheldon is a straight man. Yes. Jim Parsons is a gay man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he left the show, I think. Because there was some shitty thing happening there. I think, I think the show just ended. They no, but I thought that. he... I thought they canceled it because he was leaving. Oh, let me look it up. Big Bang Theory cancellation. Oh, yes, it does say Jim Parsons' sudden end. Sudden decision to quit brought the series to an end. Let me bookmark this so I can add it to our notes. Okay, I accept the cookies. Accept the fuck out of those cookies. You know how you can download, like, an ad blocker? Yeah. I wish I could download something that automatically accepts cookies. Mm, mm-hmm. I will never deny cookies. This article says little was known about Parsons' departure. Aside from admitting it felt like the right time to hang up Sheldon's pop culture t-shirts after over a decade on air. So it might not have been about, like, a shitty thing that happened. It might have just him being, like... No, I'm pretty sure I read a thing long. where he was, like, actually upset about, like, something that happened. Let's see. Or, like, the way he was treated or the way he was paid or something. There was some problem. Okay, so here's one from 2020. I don't remember when it ended, but I feel like it was before 2020. Okay, so this is a quote from Parsons. Our final contract was for the last two years, but no one knew when we signed what it would mean. I kind of had a suspicion in my heart that it was going to be it for me when I did sign that contract, but you never say never and who knows. He said going on to reveal the decision to leave the show solidified the summer before they started filming season 12. I was exhausted and I was really upset about, more than anything, one of our dogs was getting really at the end of his life around then. I googled gay actors playing straight characters just now. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning so much. No, me too. Me too. My list is really good. I'm about to go walk you through my list. Okay. We'll see if I have new... In the- that guy has very large ears. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, based on this interview, he did an interview with, um, David Tennant from Doctor Who on David Tennant's podcast, and he didn't say anything about, like, it was negative, he just said, like, his dog was dying, and he didn't really want to be on the show anymore. I, I really feel like I remember reading something, but I- Maybe you're thinking of someone else. I'm pretty sure I'm not, but it's possible. Okay, here's a question. Rosie O'Donnell. Ugh, don't bring her up. What did, I, I know that she's been, like, canceled, right? 
but I don't know what she did. I'm just seeing her on this she's list. She's like, I think she's a huge Trump supporter. Ooh. Gross. Okay. Never mind. Continue. We don't need to talk about her then. I always confuse her with Roseanne. Wait, isn't Rose? I thought Roseanne was the one. She is a Trump supporter. Let's see. Rosie O'Donnell. She's a comedian, so she's probably fucked up at some point. Rosie O'Donnell. Never mind, I love her. Rosie, yeah, okay, Rosie O'Donnell was on one of my favorite TV shows. I'm sorry, Rosie O'Donnell, I love you. Yeah, I'm not gonna- She was fighting Donald Trump back in, like, 2007. Oh, I'm not gonna stand for this Rosie O'Donnell slander that you said earlier. my bad! Sorry I don't know the difference between two white women who look very similar. Okay. And they have similar names. Yeah, they do. Rosie, Roseanne. But, like- Anyway, what show is she on? Uh, Fosters. The Fosters. Oh, who does she play? She's a group home. She runs a group home. Mm, you're right. Now I can see her in my mind. I do know I'm right. Usually. Um, I just got done watching that show, and the whole time I was like, Rosie O'Donnell feels very gay to me. Like, oh, watching it, I was like, this character feels like a gay character. She's a big old lesbian. She's a giant lesbian. Not, like, giant. No, I know what you mean. You know, like, she's, she's a lesbian. Um... And, like, while watching the show, I had a moment of, like, multiple moments of, like, this character feels queer, but, like, talks about her ex-husband, and, like, obviously queer people could have ex-husbands, but, like, Mm. they never, like, said anything or mentioned it, and I was like, "Uh, I mean, like, I mean, maybe, but, like, I had, I had a strong inkling, but it's probably just because (laughs) Rosie herself is is, is just a big old lesbian. We love big ol' lesbians. We do. If any big ol' lesbians are watching, we love we you. We appreciate you. Unless you think five people aren't real. Unless you think five people are real, in which case. We don't love you. We don't love you. Anyway, let's keep going. So, to add on to Neil Patrick Harris, he plays Barney. Like I said, that's like the flagstaff example of a gay man playing a straight person because mm-hmm. it's like, but he's a womanizer. He has the book where he tells you how to sleep with women. I would also like to add, I'm pretty sure Neil Patrick Harris's character on Glee was also straight. Neil Patrick Harris is on Glee. Yeah. Do you remember the episode where Matthew Morrison, Ooh. Mr. Show, is auditioning for like community theater? No. And I haven't his... watched Glee since high school. Okay, that's fair. They do a really good duet of Dream On by Aerosmith. Dream On. It's very good. Like Neil Patrick Harris, the other thing about Neil Patrick Harris, this is a side note. He's a really, really good singer. Mm-hmm. He hosted the Tony Awards, like, a lot. And he always has a really cute little, like, montage in the beginning of, like, really popular shows from that year. Mm-hmm. He is a really wonderful singer. So when he was on Glee, he does this amazing, like, falsetto screaming towards Love. the end of Dream On. He's, like, octave jumped above Happy Morrison. I would like to point out that I can also sing like that if <laughs> nobody is listening and I'm not recording myself. <laughs> So no one will ever know if no it's true one, No or not. one knows. I just do it when I'm in private. Nobody needs to know. Yeah. I'm an amazing singer when people aren't paying attention to me. Me too. I fucking sing in my car. I'm yeah. like, this is... Oh this my is god! Cool. My favorite thing to do. So I have an hour to commute to work, as you know. In the morning, I'm too tired to care. I don't... I'm on autopilot. I'm half dead. I don't give a fuck what's happening when I'm driving to work. When I'm driving home... And I'm thinking about the fact that I have a couple of days off next. I am screaming at the top of my lungs. Mm -hmm. Whatever song is on, I don't care. I don't care what it is. 
I got my windows down today. I didn't because it was raining, but I got my music blasting and I'm screaming. Mm-hmm. And to me, I sound incredible. I don't care. I'm going to fuck what anybody else says. I'm like the greatest singer in the, on the planet when I'm driving home from work. That's I'm actually tone deaf. That's not true. I'm just not a good singer. But <laughs> I am when I'm alone in my car and nobody else can hear me. That's me on Thursdays since I work at home from fr- from Jesus. I work from home on Fridays. Your commute is also like 10 minutes, so it's not as fun. As I do what I can. Next time I'm driving home from work Monday. I'm driving home from work on Monday. I will take a recording of me singing a song by Anastasia and just send it to you. This is amazing. So that you can fully understand how powerful I am. I want everyone to know that this is the peak of our friendship. This is the closest we've ever been is this moment right now. Yes. I will send you a video of me screaming to Anastasia. I'm excited. Also, this is Anastasia, the solo act, not the uh, musical movie. Yeah. I'll probably be singing Anastasia Paid My Dues, because that song fucking slaps. And if anybody's curious, you will not be able to hear me singing it. Only Courtney is privy to that knowledge. But you can listen to the Anastasia version, which is incredible, and I love her. Boom. Boom. Back into it. Back into it. We got way off topic. Um, let's get into, so mentioning that Neil Patrick Harris is on Glee leads me into my Ryan Murphy confusion. So Ryan Murphy is a director, producer, he did Glee, Scream Queens, and American Horror Story. Can I see him? Who is this? Um, wait, I think I might know who this is. Is this the guy? Oh, no, that's not who I thought it was. That's him. Okay. That's him at the Met Gala. Who is the guy? Okay. Did you watch American Horror Story? Yes. Okay, I didn't. But... I know that there's a character. The actor is gay. He's playing... Dennis O'Hare. Huh? Dennis O'Hare. Look him up. I don't know. He's on my list as well. No. Okay, another gay character, Matt Bomber. Possibly. Look him up. I'm telling you, I have a lot of Ryan, Ryan Murphy no. slander on here. No. Okay, let's just get into it and it's then describe either... the character and we'll see if okay. he's on my list. It's e- I, I can't remember if it's a straight actor playing a gay man or a gay actor playing a straight man. But whatever it is, the actor... Or the character is going through conversion therapy. So he pretends to be straight, but he's gay, but the actor is gay. And it's like this whole web of like, he's pretending to be this, but he's this. And the actor's pretending to be this and whatever. He has very dark features. Um, he's an American Horror Story. That's all I know. They show him like penises and he has to like pretend to be disgusted or whatever. <sighs> okay, so let me... Let me pull up another picture of another actor that's on my list because I adore him. Is it this man? Yes. Okay, he's the love of my life. We're going to get into him. Okay. I'm not going to name reveal him yet because okay. I adore okay. him okay. so okay. much. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's part of the Ryan Murphy confusion. So I'm very confused by Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy, like I said, he's an actor and a producer, and he is a gay man. Mm-hmm. And I respect him for giving queer people jobs. But he writes them into straight roles all the time. Like, all the time. Yeah. Or roles that they're kind of inappropriate for. Let me okay. get into it. So we have Neil Patrick Harris on Glee. He played a straight man. That one was whatever, because he was, like, in one episode, and that was it. Um, Jane Lynch is on Glee. Mm-hmm. She is a lesbian. Gay. Playing a presumably straight woman on Glee, because she's only shown dating men. 
Um, side notes about Jane Lynch. She also played Miss Hannigan on Broadway in Annie. The the girl who's like the woman who runs the orphanage that mm-hmm. all the kids are in. Okay. And she's like a drunk and she sings about little girls. She was amazing. <laughs> she was so okay. good in that. Okay. She did so good. I do and love then, me some Jane Lynch. We also need to bring up her character in Criminal Minds, who is also presumably oh. straight. Yeah. So Jane Lynch is just stealing roles from straight women. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. But it's okay because I don't think a straight woman could play. A straight woman could not play Sue Sylvester. No. 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 (laughs) Another one, Dennis O'Hare. So on American Horror Story specifically, he plays Larry Harvey in Murder House. Um, I remember he's the guy who has like an affair with Constance, with um, Jessica Lange's character. He's straight. Um, in Coven, he plays Spalding, the butler of the house, who gets really creepy and kind of pedophilic and steals Madison's body after she dies at one point. Um, but yeah, Dennis O'Hare is another one. Dennis O'Hare is the one where he plays a lot of straight roles, and then Ryan Murphy also puts him in roles that are extremely questionable. Mm-hmm. If you watched Hotel at all, yep. he plays Liz Taylor, who is a trans woman. Mm-hmm. So, he's a cis man playing a trans woman. So, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, What is my other one from Glee? Oh, duh. Jesse St. James is played by Jonathan Groff, who is gay. Jesse St. James is um, Rachel's love interest for a while. That goes to um, the one that sounds like Carmel. Carmel? The other high school that has, like, the really, really good, um, Vocal Adrenaline. Vocal Adrenaline. Okay. He's, like, the main singer in Vocal Adrenaline. I think it's just Carmel. Yeah, Carmel. That's what it is. He, he is the lead singer of their group, and he's the one that's singing, um, Bohemian Rhapsody while Quinn is giving birth. And the actor's gay? Yes. Jonathan Groff is gay. Jonathan Groff also plays the himbo in Frozen, I think. Okay. And he's in Mindhunters. Love him in that. He's straight in that as well. I have a question. Yeah. Do you recognize the name Shelby Corcoran? Yes. That's Adina Menzel's character. She's the one who adopts Quinn's baby. Oh, okay. So when I look up, uh, not look up, I clicked on a, a hyperlink. Right. And it took me to this picture of Rachel Berry. Right, Leah Michelle. So I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, continue. Yeah. But yeah, Jesse St. James is another one. He is gay. Played a straight man on Glee. Mm-hmm. On Ryan Murphy's show. He also dated one of my favorite men in the whole universe. Who is the one you recognize. Zachary Quinto. Mm-hmm. I adore him. Okay. He's fantastic. So, um, in American Horror Story Universe, he's mostly known for playing Dr. Threadson in Asylum. Um... Who is the one that, like, is working with Lana, with Sarah Paulson's character. He's, like, the psychiatrist at the asylum. Maybe And then he okay. turns out to be the serial killer in the end. Spoilers. Um, Yikes. But, yeah, he always plays, like... He... Aside from American Horror Story, he's also in Heroes. He I plays did Siler. watch that. Yeah. I did watch that. He plays Siler in Heroes. So he has this really... He has this knack for playing crazy murderous straight men good for him he's really good at it yeah he's really good at it we all have our skills 
And if his is murderous creeps... He found his niche. I'm glad he found it. I'm proud of him. He's amazing at it. He's an amazing actor in general. Like, he's just... King behavior. He's such a cutie, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just so cute. Yeah. Um, He also plays Spock in the rebooted Star Trek films, so obviously that's why I like him. Again, haven't seen him. Not a surprise to you or probably anybody listening. No, but I love him. Mm -hmm. Anybody who can, like... Good for you. You deserve it. He got to play alongside Chris Pine. I love I Chris Pine. Chris that is. I'll pull him up. <laughs> well, isn't one of the Chris's racist? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. The one from Parks and Rec. This oh. is Chris Pine. This is my sweetie. What's the other Chris? Who's the other Chris? Pratt? No. I know what Pratt is. Hemsworth? Maybe. Evans? Mm, Evans. Look him up. It's Captain America. Mm. He's got a lot of tattoos, actually. I think I don't like any of the Chris's, actually. I'm... I have very specific types. Yeah, and I'm the not gonna lie, I'm not surprised. Them. I'm but, not surprised yeah. at all. They don't seem like your type. None of them are beefy enough. The thing is, so... None of them are fat enough. I'll say that. That's fair. I'll come right out and say it. That's fair. They're all, they're all beefy. That's fair. But they're, like, muscular beefy, and I want, like, a little bit of chunky beefy, you know? I just... Chris Pine looks like he would be kind of sassy, kind of like mean to you, and oh, like a a very he looks like he would flirt with you. By Can you making, put him back up? I forget which yeah. one he is. This is, he looks like he would flirt with you by making fun of you. Yeah, and I'm okay, but like I'm into whoa. that. No, me too. He looks like he'd be so mean to me. He's a Virgo. No. So no. He's a Virgo! Oh, no. See, I don't like blue eyes. I no, love... No offense to you, Queen, but... Listen. But, but like, dark eyes, whether... Okay, blue blue eyes that are dark eyes, I can deal with. But, like, brown eyes are my shit. Okay, but specifically his blue eyes... Not into it. They hit different. They upset me. They're like, like... They look like Ian, Ian Summerholder's vibe. Uh, eyes. Am I saying that wrong? I think that's his name. I don't know. I know someone with that similar last name in general, so I forget them all the time. Okay. Everyone I looks just... the same to me. All the straight men who act look the same to me. I don't care. That's fair. No, they really do. A lot of the white guys look the same. You can pretty much categorize guys who act by, like, white men with dark hair and white men with lighter hair. Mm, I see it as brown eyes and blue eyes. That's... Most most male actors have blue eyes because that's, like, desirable Yeah, or that's the thing. It's a Brad Pitt look. I don't give a fuck. Show me a, an actor with brown eyes, and I can guarantee you I'll find him more attractive than whoever the fuck you're talking about right now. Well, I'm a slut for Captain Kirk. Okay, well, good for you. I don't know who that is. And Spock. Also don't know. I hate to say it, I really do. Zachary Quinto is so attractive, and he's just, like, such a beautiful person. Like, he's just, he's, like, genuinely just, like, a very attractive human. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed when I found out he was gay, and I hate saying that. I hate people who say that, but I was like, no. Granted, it's not like there's any way I would have ended up with him anyways. Yeah. But now when I see him, I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have a crush on you. See, here's my thing. I knew that he was gay. I never watched the show. I didn't have a crush on him, but I liked him as, like, an actor. And no, I was he's like, amazing. I was like, he's great. When I saw him in Heroes. Yeah. Um, so when I found out he was gay, because I never had a crush on him, and I never was like, oh, you oh he's super attractive. I was like, hell yes, when, we love queer representation. When, 
He's a Gemini. He's a Gemini! That's why I like him oh, so much. Courtney and her Geminis. I love Geminis. I wish I that I knew enough about people to know which one I like. I usually, I know. Who sh- I have a note who about like? who you, I'll look it up later. No, look I, it up now! But I have to use my phone and it's gonna be annoying because we're recording on it. Is it Tauruses? No. Tauruses? Everything on TikTok tells me I'm interested in Tauruses. Okay, let me try to do it. I have a note about it. Okay, Rhiannon is most compatible with a Scorpio sun and Sagittarius rising. And that's based on comparing your birth chart with random celebrity birth charts. Who do I know that fits that? What is... Am I I a Scorpio sun? Yeah, I don't know who you know. (laughs) I don't know very many... I don't know very many people that you don't know. I beg to differ, actually. Anyway... Um, I don't even know what the Scorpio birthdays are. Like mid mid end October to like mid end of November. Okay, I do know Scorpios. It's a no for me from the ones that I'm thinking of right now. I can't. They're different. They're not. They're not the right. They're not the right combo in general. It's not just Scorpio suns. You need that Sagittarius rising. There's something about a Sagittarius rising that really works for you. What does that mean? Like so Sagittarius is okay. They're they're right after Scorpio, so like mid to end November to mid to end of December. I'm trying to think back on every crush I've had in the past. Okay, but listen, that's just rising signs. I don't think I've ever had a crush on a Scorpio. Yeah, well, you probably haven't met one with the right. That's what I'm saying. It's not just the. That's why it's not just the one sign. You have to find a Scorpio sun. With the Sagittarius rising. It's worth pointing out, every single, every single fucking TikTok account that does tarot readings has told me that I will be meeting the love of my life in April or May. Well, get their birth chart info as soon as you can. Sorry if you're not a Scorpio, I'm not into it. Just send it to me and I'll be like, hmm. That's the thing. I don't think it. I think it'll be May or June, because that's when I'll have a job, and if like, that's when I'll have a job and I'll be moving to a new city. Right, and meeting new people. Yeah, that makes sense. But even then, I don't like people. I know you don't. That's why you would probably end up with another Scorpio. Not terribly convinced. I'll even do that. They'll meet you if they're Sagittarius rising. Well, they better be ready to meet me because I'm not ready to meet them. So. Anywho, gay NT, characters playing straight actors. NT ways. Um, Zachary Quinto, I love you so much. The only other characters I have on here are not Ryan Murphy uh, projects. So I just want to say for a second, Ryan Murphy, what the fuck? I appreciate you for getting these, these people jobs. But I'm also a little bit confused. Because... Why are they always playing really scary straight men? They don't play normal straight men ever. It's always really scary ones. That's what I think. Anyway, my other two things I have on here. The character that inspired this list is Matt Bomber's character in White Collar, Neil Caffrey. White Collar is terrible. Don't watch it. Um, I, I watched, haven't, so it's a good I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people. Okay, I'm just going to go to the bathroom then if I'm not welcome in this conversation. Listen, I already told you about White Collar. Don't watch listening. Don't watch white collar people. It's really, really bad. Um since you're not gonna watch them, I'm gonna tell you about it. 
So basically, Matt Bomber is the main character, um, Neil, and he's like a con artist who makes a deal with the FBI that he'll help them solve cases in order to get out of jail. So he's on, he's basically on probation, working for the FBI. His whole thing is he's a womanizer. He's really, I mean, he's a smooth talker in general because he's a con artist, but he's also just like a womanizer. Smooth talker, knows how to get a woman into his bed. He's got blue eyes. Yeah, you wouldn't like him. He looks very, kind of similar to Chris Pine, actually. All conventionally attractive men look the same. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm strongly disappointed. As somebody who's not attracted to that group of people, I'm upset about it. They don't have any range. No. They all, they all have blonde hair or brown hair or somewhere in between <sighs> and blue eyes. And a lot of them, a lot of them dress the same. Just a plain suit. Yeah. Yes. Fucking showing up to the Met Gala in a plain suit. Yeah. With like... A colored brooch on it? No. If that. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like the spiciest they get is a blue suit. The only... Okay, I guess there's a few of them. But, like, the one conventionally attractive, like, white man that I think of that gets a pass is Darren Chris. Yeah. Because he... He actually gets into it and does, like, a whole look for the I don't care what anybody else does other than my main man. Honestly. Harry Styles. Okay, Harry Styles, too. He fucking turns it out every time. He does. But he's kind of expected to. I'm not, even, I'm not to. even, like, a okay, but listen, attracted to Harry Styles. When it comes to I conventionally attractive men, Harry Styles is different because he's out of that box. He's... Oh, have you seen the TikToks that talk about the difference between ugly, hot, and hot, ugly? No. Okay, so there are actors who are hot, ugly, right? So think Chris Pratt. He's hot objectively but like he's hot enough that it makes him ugly like he's not hot you know oh okay i know what you mean by ugly hot now yeah like just the eisenberg hot like like they they're like you look at their features and you're like statistically if i saw them on the street you should be an ugly man like oh one of my favorite examples i don't find him hot but i see the example all the time michael Sarah. I, yeah, I was thinking, like, Michael Sarah, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, they're, like, seen as, like, this this ugly hot. Like, they're ugly. Objectively, they're ugly. Like, Michael Sarah is not hot. But, like, a lot of people are attracted to Michael Sarah because he's ugly enough to be hot. Okay, the thing about Michael Sarah too, though, is that he's, like... This podcast is all the fuck over the place. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> the thing about Michael Sarah is he plays all these characters... That are like so awkward. All of his characters are really awkward and the lovable, most awkward, which is what makes him like hot. Because you're like, ooh, I'm not into it, but I'm glad you are. I think generally, I think a lot of straight women are like, I just keep smelling. That's cute, and because he's awkward, yeah, he will not hurt me, so he's very attractive. That's very valid. Yeah, that's so. Valid. That's not. That's not true for Jesse Eisenberg, because Jesse Eisenberg usually plays. Kind Can you of, look him up? I don't know who that is. Okay. I love Jesse Eisenberg. I, so okay, much. a reminder. Jesse, a reminder for everybody listening. I do not watch a lot of TV or movies, and when I do, I do not pay attention to the actors' or actresses' names. Courtney does the exact opposite. She cares very much about who's acting and what she's watching, mm-hmm. and she looks at the actors' names. She knows the actors' names. She'll pull them out in conversation, and I have no idea what she's talking about. This is an, this is an example. I have not yet looked at Courtney's screen, but I am 90% sure that when I look at it, I will recognize mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. 
But yeah. at this point, I have zero clue who she's talking about. Okay, Jesse Eisenberg. You can look at the screen. Oh, he's he plays Zuckerberg in Facebook, right? Or the movie about the social network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, I do know who he is. So, I've never seen that movie. The thing about him is he doesn't, he's not, he's awkward, but he's not, like, endearing awkward. Mm-hmm. He's a little awkward, and he's also, like, kind of a dick. And his character is kind of similar to Chris Pine. He seems like he would flirt with you by being kind of mean to you. Like, sometimes that's hot. Have you ever seen the interview with him and a girl, and they're both just kind of being mean to each other? It's basically softcore porn. (laughs) I'm going to show it to you later. I live for light bullying as a form of flirting. It's my favorite thing. It's... It's hot. A lot. It's hot. hot. Yeah. I don't even care. It's hot. That video (laughs) is just pure tension. And it's like... We're going to watch it during the break. I want to see it. You know, some people are like, my boyfriend's wondering why I'm... The, like, Buss It song is playing three times in a row. And for me, it's that interview. Someone's like, why does she keep listening to that? It's so... Like, they're so mean to each other. And I'm like, just have sex right now. (laughs) I live for it. The same... It's the same thing for me. Okay. For those of you who are listening, you probably maybe already know this about me, but you also might not if you are from Courtney's side of this thing. I love Minecraft and Minecraft YouTubers. She really right? does. Um, it's just something that I do to fill my time. It makes me feel better about my mental issues in general. They bully each other, and when they swear at each other... I'm low-key into it. So exactly what you're talking about right now? Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. Okay, we we ended up stopping and taking a pee break, so... Mm-hmm. We're back. But that's okay. I only have one more person left on my list. Well, I guess I have a few more people, but this is my last one that's a, a gay man playing a straight character. Obviously... Jonathan Bennett's character, Aaron Samuels, and Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. It's October 3rd. Rhiannon just started eating a toxic waste, and her face is hilarious, because she's just making fun of me for my reaction. Was he it. out? No, he was not. He came out later. That feels different to me. No, me too. Me too. It's kind of like Neil Patrick Harris. Full circle. And Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can look at that and think of it as... A trans player or a trans actor playing a cis character, mm-hmm. but because he wasn't out yet, mm-hmm. it feels different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So a couple other things that I came across while I was looking at some lists about this, which will be linked in the description of this episode. Um, I had one on one list that was the other way around: a straight man playing a gay character. Which I don't think a lot of people know. In Will and Grace, Will is played by a straight man. Never watched it. Will and Grace is notoriously a show about a gay man, Will, and his straight best friend, Grace. And then there are, like, other gay characters on the show. It's, it's like, it was one of the first shows on TV that had, like, a main character who was queer. Wait. Is there a different show that's about Grace and Frankie? Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, it's different. Okay. Grace and Frankie, they're both straight women. But their husbands are gay. Their husbands are gay. Yep, their husbands leave them for each other. Okay, okay. Yeah. Will and Grace was a sitcom 
in like the 90s early 2000s and like i said one of the first shows that had not not just a queer character like the main character was gay yeah but not played by a gay man the main character is played by eric mccormick who is a straight man married to a woman but is an lgbtq plus like supporter as he should be like you owe us that yeah can you imagine if he wasn't because playing that character right like boom roasted that'd be a problem one other thing that I want to mention, specifically just because it's, like, relevant to our podcast and our lives as bisexual women, Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon is in Sex and the City. I know you don't watch Sex and the City. Um, so there's a character in Sex and the City. The whole thing is, like, it's four women who are living in the city, and it revolves around Sarah Jessica Barker character, Carrie, who is a yeah. columnist, and she I know that there's, there's her, there's one with a really long neck, there's um, one who's a sex addict, and yeah. there's one with brown hair. Yeah. Which ones are we talking about? The one with the really long neck. Oh, yes. Uh, Miranda. Yes. That's Cynthia Nixon. So the whole point of the show is that, a big point of the show is that pretty much at all times at least two of them are looking for a relationship. Or at least sex. Because mm-hmm. usually Samantha's just looking for sex. Um, this fucking list I was looking at of like LGBTQ characters and the roles they've played was like, oh, Cynthia Nixon played a straight woman on Sex and the City, but in real life, she's bisexual. Which was kind of a fair point, but I have two points about this. First of all, on the show, she's not necessarily straight. It's not even fair to say that she's only interested in men on the show, because there's a whole episode about threesomes, just as, like, a theme in Carrie's... So the whole thing is it's Carrie usually has, like, some sort of theme she's writing about for her column, and she asks her friends about it. Yeah. And there's a whole episode where Cynthia Nixon's character, uh, Miranda, is, like, interested in having a threesome with a woman and a man. And she's kind of pissed that her friends don't want to have a threesome with her. Like, she wouldn't be their choice. So, I don't know. It's just her character... A little queer sounding. Yeah. Her character never explicitly says she's straight either. As -hmm. far as I know, I haven't watched the whole show yet. But, like, as far as I know, her character's not explicitly straight. Yeah. So, like, she could be bisexual. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, this is another show that was on late 90s, early 2000s, where, like, bisexuality as a term has only been a term since, like, the 80s or 90s. So, if we were just getting queer people as main character, like, gay men as main characters on Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. In the 90s or right, late 90s. Right. Like, they would not have been willing to label one of the characters as bisexual. No. But, like, I could see any of those characters. Well, not any of them. I could see Miranda being bisexual on that Here's show. Here's a thought. Not related to what we're talking about right mm-hmm. now, but for a future episode. Yeah. Degrassi. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have some episodes about shows I want to talk about that I know you haven't watched, like Sex and the City. We have to talk about Ugly Betty. We have to. Okay. I'm almost done with it. I have so many thoughts. Degrassi. Yeah, you can talk about Degrassi. I've never watched That'll it. That'll be one of my takeover episodes. Yes, are we in it? What if that's one of our cars? Better not be. I don't even know how to set off my alarm. You hit the panic button. I don't even know where my keys... My keys are on your coffee table. Well, it might not be you. It might have been someone walking up to your car. How do you set the panic button? Does your car have the blinky thing on the front? I don't know what that means. So if you look on your dash... And if you look in the window... Oh, and there's, like, a green light blinking all the time? Yeah. So that's, like, an anti-theft thing. So Mm -hmm. if someone walks up to your car 
You don't even have to set it. It automatically sets if you lock the car. If someone walks up to your car and they look in your windows for longer than, like, five seconds or something, it'll do, like, a couple chirps to be like, hello, we're watching you. And then if they try to, like, jiggle the handle or they bump it hard enough, then it'll set off the whole Wait, alarm. I want to try it now. Not right now. Maybe later. Later. Maybe maybe tomorrow. Is when you come home from work. Okay. You can text me and we'll go to my car. <laughs> I'm going to see if my alarm will go off. <sighs> All right. So, that's the end of my list that I compiled here. I don't have a lot of notes for this episode in general, so we're just kind of going off with this as we go. So, we're going to take a quick break. Shots. Um We're going to do some shots, take a quick break, and then we will come back and we're going to talk about what we think about actors playing characters that don't align with their sexualities. So, we're going to pick shots up off the ground. Because that's where they are. <laughs> the intense eye contact is too much for me. I have a puke. Peach bottom. I have a watermelon guzzler. Just so y'all know, last time we did this, they were named watermelon wigglers. But they did not change mango unchained. So their priorities are still a little fucked up. I still have a toxic waste in my mouth. Okay. That one was better. That was still very slow. I can't swallow jello that fast. I have my, it makes me want to gag because I don't like the way it feels. I'm thinking about doing another one. I don't feel drunk enough. Okay, well, if you're taking another one, we're doing it on the break, because I'm not. That's fine. We'll be right back. Welcome back to our podcast. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's get into the next part. Rhiannon, how do you feel about actors who play characters that don't align with their sexuality? I think it depends. Let's get into it. So I think, first off, gay actors playing straight characters. Don't see a problem with it. I'm fine with it too. I think that it's totally fine. I think that it's it's them getting a good acting role. Um, straight actors playing gay characters, I feel is different. Mm-hmm. Because they don't understand the queer experience. Mm-hmm. So whereas I, if, if I was an actor, which clearly I'm not, if I was an actor or an actress and I was trying to play, if I was straight and I was an actor or an actress and I was trying to play a queer character, I don't know, first off, what it's like to be closeted, to be a queer person in a straight world. I don't know any of that. So I don't... I, I, I wouldn't be able to fully play that character with any level of nuance. Mm-hmm. I view it similarly to a white character or a white actor playing a black character mm-hmm. or a character that's like known to be black or of a different race other than white. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like if... If they take a white character and make it a character of color in some way, I think that's different than if they take a character that has been historically black, Asian, indigenous, whatever, and make it white. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, I think that taking a, an, taking a role from a marginalized character mm-hmm. is going to be a very very different situation 
than taking a role from a straight, white, cis, whatever character. Right. That's the way I think about it. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, what about the straights? Or what about the white people? Or what about whatever? But, like, it's not about you. And if you're thinking that, this is the wrong podcast. Yeah, you're probably not on the right podcast. (laughs) You're probably listening to the wrong show. Like we said a few episodes ago. Get out of here. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think about... If you voted for Trump, head to the dump. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you vote... Do you? Okay. If you voted for Trump, you don't belong here. No, get out of here. Straightforward. Do not continue listening. Get out of here, roundies. I don't care who you are. If you know who we are as people, if you're finding this from one of our personal Twitter accounts, whatever you are, I don't give a shit. Stop listening. You do not belong here. This is not an inclusive space for you. (laughs) This is exclusive to the people who are not normally included. Exactly. Anyway. Um, I feel very similarly. I think that there's a big difference between queer folks playing straight characters because if you want to talk experience, most queer people are closeted at some point. So, like, we've pretended to be straight mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. But if people haven't pretended to be queer in real life... I think about that a lot. if you have pretended to be in queer life, you fuck, fuck you. Up. I think about that a lot because I think about myself in high school and how, first off... If you know me as a person, as a human, not as a podcast person, you know that, like, I'm not terribly sexually attracted to people, right? Mm -hmm. It's not something that I think about. It's not something that I care about. I was the same way in high school. I, like, thinking back, I can't actually think of one of my friends that I was attracted to sexually. But I can think about friends that I was uncomfortable around. Because I was afraid of them thinking I was sexually attracted to them when I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, like, I understand, in a way, what it was like to be closeted and to be very, very, very careful around people that I right. knew to be straight. Straight actors playing gay characters have no clue what that experience is like. Especially, I'm thinking, like, so the movie Love, Simon... Yes. I saw it one time when I was very inebriated. I do not remember much about it at all. But I know that the actor playing Simon is a straight man. Yes. A movie about a gay person in high school simply cannot be acted by a straight person. Mm -hmm. Because they do not know. They don't know what it's like to be closeted, gay, queer, whatever, in high school. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very unique experience that you simply can't understand if you're straight. Right. But if you're a gay person playing a straight character, like, that's just your life. Yeah. I played a straight character until I was 19 and came out. Like, straight character is what I played. Yeah. So it's 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 very different, and it matters who's playing who. Another thing that I think of, uh, another thing that's salient to me when thinking about the sexuality of people and the sexuality of their characters they're portraying, it's important to me that queer people play queer characters because I think it's really impactful 
for a movie like Love, Simon, if a young queer person watches that, or even someone who's, like, trying to figure out their sexuality regardless of how old they are, it sends a message when you have a straight person playing a queer character. Because it almost has this thing of, like, it's just a character. It's not a real person. Mm -hmm. But if you have a queer person playing a queer character, it's like... At the end of the day, they're so queer. That's a real person. These are real stories. A, a, a personality, or not a personality, an example of that, that will make that more sound, sound more real for some people. When in a movie, I see a fat actress fall in love with a skinny man, and the skinny man be interested in the fat actress, I see that and I think, it's just a movie. Like, yeah... It's possible skinny men fall in love with fat women, whatever. But, like, it's a movie, and that's what I think of it as. Mm-hmm. As a fat woman, I see that, and I'm like, it's it's fake. It's make-believe. But, in the, I, I, I view that as a parallel to a straight actor playing a gay character. Yes. If the actor was actually a gay actor and was actually falling in love with another gay actor, it would feel more real to me mm-hmm. than, like, this is just how it's scripted and that's how it is. Right. It brings it into real life. That way it's not just, it's not made up. Mm-hmm. It's not some fictional thing. It's a real life story with real life implications involving real people. Mm-hmm. Even if it might be, if even if it might be a fictitious story, it's probably still someone's story. It feels more real. Right. If, it, if the actors are playing people that are real to them. Right. Like, I'd be, I'd be pissed if I saw something that paralleled one of my own experiences as a queer person played by a straight person. Like, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of, like, a, a queer representation that parallels my own experience is, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, when Rosa Diaz comes out, mm-hmm. that was very similar to my experience because my one of my parents was not accepting at all and like I just remember bawling when I watched that because I just felt so seen and it meant so much more to me to know that Stephanie Beatriz is bisexual Mm -hmm. because I was like it it also feels not even just like more real but more genuine Mm -hmm. like I would feel really used if my story was being told by a straight person Right. Like, it's not like they know me personally and they stole it from me, but I would still feel like they stole my story and Mm -hmm. the stories of people like me. I had a similar but different reaction to Rosa Diaz coming out as bisexual. For me, because if you've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know that Rosa is cold Mm -hmm. and doesn't show emotion and doesn't show that she cares about people and, like, whatever. And if you know me as a person, you know that's kind of how I am. Is like, I don't show my emotions, I don't show that I care about people, all of that kind of stuff, because when I was closeted, doing that made me feel like I was outing myself. Mm-hmm. So seeing her act that way, whether it was real for her or not, as a bisexual woman, seeing her act that way validated me in a way. Right. That seeing a straight actor... I don't think that a straight actor doing that part would have done it as much justice as Stephanie did it. Seeing her do it, I was like, this is real, she's experienced this, she knows. Right. But if a straight character, or a straight actor was doing that character, I would have been like, this feels... First off, it probably wouldn't have been done as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And if it was, it would have felt like pandering. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Which I don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. I, I see characters doing and acting how I feel and how I would have acted. And if they are straight, I, in my mind, it doesn't feel as real. You know? No, 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 I feel that. Do you, okay, um, Sarah Shower mm-hmm. on TikTok. Same thing with her. She's bisexual, I'm pretty sure. She's not. No? Sarah is a non-binary lesbian. Oh, I thought she was bisexual. Mm-mm. Okay, either way, a lot of the things that they discuss has been, like, very validating for me to, like, see them talk about that mm-hmm. and be like, this is my experience as a gay person. Mm-hmm. And then I hear that and I'm like, okay, yes, same, I feel that. But if I heard a straight TikToker try to say the same thing as a straight person, mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel right to me. Because I'd be like, you don't really know what you're saying. Right. Or you know what you're saying because you've heard it from other people, but you're co-opting that experience. Mm-hmm. And that's not right to me. Right. I think the other thing, speaking of, like, co-opting experiences, the other thing to think about is, like, comparing platforms like TikTok with, like, media, TV, and movies. TV and movies, like, yeah, they're entertainment, they're art, for sure, but, like, the main goal of them is to make money. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that pisses me off, is, like, if straight people are playing queer characters... They're not only, like, stealing roles from queer characters, in my opinion, they're using our stories to make a paycheck. Mm -hmm. They're using our stories to pay a bill. Yeah. Which I hate. I absolutely hate it, because it's so much more insincere, Mm -hmm. not to mention the terrible relationship between capitalism and queer people in general. Yeah. So it's just, like, I'm not about it. I don't like it at all. So, like, no matter how it plays out, a, a straight actor playing a queer character does not understand that experience. Right. And is playing a role mm-hmm. or acting a character that has been written for them and doesn't fully get what's happening. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, a queer character playing a straight or cis role has had to play that role yep. in their real life. Yes, absolutely. And they fully understand how to be and embody that role. Right. Because they've had to do it in real life, like right. I said. So it's 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 very different. It's it's not like uh it's not like flipping the script or something. It's like, yeah, you've had to play this role, you know how to yeah. do it. You like I personally myself have played a straight character. Yeah. Because that's who I was in high school. Right. I was a straight character in high school. If anything, queer people who have not been out for part or most of their lives are more qualified to play a a straight character than a straight person because we actually had to think about it and Mm -hmm. think about what we were doing. They just existed. Oh my god. Have you heard so there's a there's a I think it's a TikTok. It's either a TikTok or a tweet. That's basically like if if two people told you I don't like broccoli and one of them has tried broccoli and the other one has not. Which one are you going to believe more? The one who's tried broccoli. Exactly. So if a gay person told you, I am gay, I do not, I'm not attracted to men, I do not like men, having had sex with a man, you're going to believe them more 
than a straight person saying, I don't like men. I've never had sex with a man. I'm not going to do it. Right? I guess. So I've seen a tweet that's like, it's, it's straighter to have sex with one man and not like it than to never have sex with a man and say you're straight. Mm. <laughs> that's fair, I guess. I don't know how I feel about See, it, but that tweet itself makes yeah, me laugh every time. I guess if it was just like, I've gone on a date or I've like tried to be attracted to yeah. someone I'm not usually attracted to, yeah. I always feel weird about doing examples like that with sex because like, okay, yeah, like straight men who are really homophobic to the point where they're like, Bro, we just brushed hands. No homo. They give off gayer vibes than... Annoying. Yeah. But there are also, like, it would be irresponsible to not talk about the gay men who call themselves platinum gays for having a C-section and never coming in contact with a vagina. Isn't there a... There's a there's a lesbian version of that too, right? Oh, is there? Like a gold star lesbian. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that, where it's like, I've never yes. kissed, uh, so, touched, whatever, a man. Listen, overall, I'm realizing this right now. Point to the forehead. Yeah, right now. I don't like monosexuals bringing everything down to, like, sex and whether or not what they have you've a contact done. with genitals. Because it's used against my sexual women a lot. Especially, especially women like me... Who have mostly been with men. Yeah. Because it's very like, oh, well, you've been with X amount of men, but you've only been with one woman. Are you even really bisexual? Clearly, you're not even right. actually clear. And it, right. And it gets down to the whole, like, binary of it all, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if we just divide the total number, if we take the number of men you slept with divided by the total people you slept with, that's where you are in the spectrum. Like, that's not how my sexuality works. No. So, yeah. Anyways, examples like that. I don't mind if they're, like, dating or just having interest in people, but when it brings, when people bring sex into it, I get pissed. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I don't like people bringing sexuality all the way down to sex because it's more than that. Yeah. But, yeah, straight homophobic men to the point where they won't even, like, brush hands with the man are annoying. And gays who use the term platinum gay or lesbians who are gold star lesbians also annoy me. Yeah. Okay, good job. Congrats. Good job. You haven't, you haven't tried other... You haven't tried other options on the menu. Yeah. Good for you, I guess. Yeah. There's, and nothing, not saying, there's nothing wrong with it either. Like yeah. The, that's the thing. So I'm not, not saying less like... Less of a sexuality for trying... If you identify and you are a lesbian, like I'm not saying you have to try to have sex with a man to make yourself right. a lesbian. Right, 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 right. I'm saying like, if, if you're not sure or you're questioning, or you grew up in a really conservative area and everything that you've ever been told is that you have to be straight and then you experiment a little bit and you have sex or you kiss or you date a man and you realize at that point, like, this isn't what I'm into. I'm not interested in this. Like, that doesn't make you any less gay or a lesbian than if you had never done that. So overall, your sexuality does not come down to statistics about the genders of people you slept with. It just comes down to what you feel and what, what you, you want. What yeah. you feel, what you like, how you felt about the people you slept with. Or dated or Yeah, met, or anything. Or literally to. anything. Literally anything. So one other thing I wanted to talk about. So when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about this person that was in one of my classes during my last semester in school. Okay. And we were talking about this one day. Like, what does it mean? I think we were talking specifically about, oh my God, what's her name? 
Jamila from The Good Place. Jamila, Jamil, Jamil. I don't, I don't know, know how to say I, her name. I don't either. Jamila is her first name. Yeah. Um, but she's the rich girl. Yeah. In Good Place. I don't remember the name of the the character. I feel like an N. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, Jamila, Jamila, I think is how you pronounce her name. She was tapped around that time. This is like early twenty twenty. She was tapped around that time to. Um, be a judge on a show about ball culture. Um, ball culture? Ball culture. I can explain a little bit if you need me to. Yeah. Do you know the show Pose at all? No. Okay. That would have helped. <laughs> I, I don't know anything. So balls were these things, these spaces that black and Latinx queer people created in like the 80s. Okay. Um, that's where voguing was born. So voguing isn't a Madonna thing. Yeah, Madonna stole that from balls. So balls are, there's so much to them. But they're basically these big, like, competitions. There's always, like, a theme, and you dress up, and you dance, you do, like, the voguing. Yeah. Um, And then there's judges, and they vote on your house. You belong to a house of people, like Like a team. Like Potter? Kind of, but it's, the sorting hat doesn't pick. You have to, like... You do it yourself. Get into a house, yeah. So balls are amazing. Um, a lot of things that we use now came out of balls. A lot of, like, black queer culture comes from balls. So, like, yas, slay, queen, okay. um, A lot serving. of, like, what is seen as, like, gay culture yes, now. Yes, yes. If you're serving something, you're giving me, blah, okay. blah, blah. Those are all, those are all terms from ball culture. Okay. So, anyway, ball culture. They, someone's like, let's make a TV show about it. And they asked Jamila Jamil to be one of the hosts. So we were discussing this in this class I was in. It came up, it wasn't like the topic, but it came up while we were talking about sexuality and like portraying roles and claims to culture in general. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, you know, I don't know how I feel about Jamila Jamil hosting the show or I I don't remember if she's a host or a judge. Either way. Is she straight? Yes. Okay. As far as I know, yeah. Let me look her up just to be sure. When I was making this argument at the time, I thought she was straight. I've never been sure. All I know about her as an actress is that she has been very in, in support of the fat positive, yes. body positive unit. That's what she's mostly unit. known for. I'm acting like a fucking teacher. Um, body, body positive unit. What am I trying to say? Ah, okay, here we go, here we go. Movement. Yes, movement. Yeah, that's what she's known for. Yeah. So, okay, so she came out as queer after people got mad that she was appointed as a judge of this voguing series, this okay. ball culture series. So anyways, this is before, my argument was before she came out as queer, so I'm going to argue from that point because it, I still believe it now. Um, so Jamila Jamil was picked to be a judge on the show, but ball culture, quite appropriately, I would think, a lot of um, LGBTQ plus black and Latinx people were like, why is she hosting this show? She has no claim to this culture at all. Mm-hmm. Like, the show, the show should be entirely run and judged and hosted by black and or Latinx queer people, because that is their community. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's, it's just their, to be, it's just their to be story clear. to tell their culture right. to share. Right. And it's their culture to judge. Mm-hmm. So I'm not arguing that Jamila Jamil should be replaced by a queer white woman. I don't yeah. think any white people should be involved, to be quite frank. Um, so anyways, I was like, I don't think she should be hosting the show. She has no claim to the culture, um, because she was... Publicly, she was straight at the time. And then another person in my group was like, well, I don't think it's that simple. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, sexuality is really fluid and you never actually know. And I was like, okay, so if someone is straight, am I supposed to just like... Assume they're queer because they might 
Right. At some so point. if I'm walking down the street and a straight person calls me a dyke, am I supposed to be like, oh, oh you're probably sexuality queer. Sexuality is fluid. Yeah. No. I shouldn't be hurt by this. Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't fucking like it. So their whole argument was, because um, I got into, that was just an example I pulled, and I was I was trying to get into, like, it says something to have queer people representing queer culture and playing mm-hmm. queer characters, because it, like, brings all those things into real life that we were talking about before. And they were just like, I don't know, sexuality is so fluid. You shouldn't expect everybody to come out if they want to play a queer character and they're actually queer. And I was like, okay, I'm not asking people to out themselves I'm just asking that, like, maybe the people who are already out should be playing them. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry if you're not out. Sorry if you don't feel comfortable coming out for whatever reason. Like, I really feel for you. I didn't come out until I was almost 19. Like, I feel you. But at the same time, like, if everybody thinks you're straight, you shouldn't be allowed to play a character from a culture that you don't belong to publicly. Also, this, this, this may sound wrong, and correct me if I am wrong, but if... If you're somebody who's not comfortable being out, playing a queer character would, in a way, be outing yourself to those people. Because even if you're not actually queer, people are going to believe you are because of that character that you played. So if you say, I'm straight but I'm playing this character, people are going to doubt you anyway. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you're already facing the discrimination that we as queer people face. So, like... At, at, you might as well just be out at that point. I yeah. can't imagine a straight actor or a, a queer actor who's in the closet saying that they're straight, facing all of the discrimination that queer people face, and remaining in the closet. Because, like, what's the point of that right. part in time? Like, you might as well just come out because you're already facing the discrimination. Right. I think, I think literally any time a straight person plays a queer character in any sense of the word, instantly, everybody, all the media outlets are like, so are they gay now? Are they uh, gay? They're playing a gay character. They must be gay. A specific example I'm thinking of is Jake Gyllenhaal in Brokeway Fountain. Yeah. When I was in high school, we went on a field trip to... Brokeway Fountain? Yeah. No. <laughs> we did not go on a field trip to Brokeway Fountain. One time I accidentally called it Bareback Mountain. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> No, we went on a field trip to the Mall of America in those twin, twin cities mm-hmm. in, in Minnesota. And we went to Dick's Bar and Grill, mm-hmm. where they make you little hats, and they roast you on those hats. Mm. I don't remember what mine said, but I know one of my classmates, who was very, very, very much a straight man, um, got a, a hat that said, Brokeback Ma- Mountain Stunt Double. Which was insinuating that he was gay, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that yeah. was the point of the hat. You're going for the, the stunt scenes, wink, wink. Yeah. So, for me, at that point, I was very much a, a closeted queer woman. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, this is not funny to me. But it's funny to the rest of my classmates. And if I don't laugh at it, it's going to be a thing that, like, people judge me for, Right. But I was thinking about it in in terms of Jake Gyllenhaal's straight man, and the the fact that he is his character is automatically associated as a gay man, and people are assigning other people as that character to list them as gay men is making 
Jake Gyllenhaal listed as a gay man. Right? So even if Jake Gyllenhaal is in fact a straight man, or if Jake Gyllenhaal was a queer man, and he took that role, it would make sense for him at that point, facing the discrimination that queer people face, to come out. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure if I'm making sense, because I've been drinking. No, 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 you are. But, like, if he is queer it would not make sense for him to stay in the closet through the discrimination he's already facing. Right. So what I'm hearing is, if you're a closeted actor, and you choose to play a queer character, you're going to face scrutiny for it, so why not just come out right away? Exactly. Because it, it, it might be a little bit worse. It might be a lot worse. Either way, you're already facing this scrutiny, this discrimination, this whatever... True. I think um, the flip side of that is a point to be made for, like, the time during which that'll actually happen. You know, it's like, oh, the whole time they're making that movie and when the movie comes out, it's going to be like, oh my god, is this person gay? Are they gay? I also have and no idea when Brokeback all... Mountain came out. I don't either. I don't know when that was. Well, okay, so Brokeback Mountain... Because that matters. That that d- that does in, in 2005. Fact. So, listen, here, this is, Brokeback Mountain is a great example of what I was thinking. No one thinks of Jake Gyllenhaal as gay. Mm-mm. Because, so if you're, if you're a closeted person and you're considering playing a queer role, you might be like, you know what, this is a really good role. Maybe it's a chance for me to, like, not only play a queer character, but to like, live as a queer person in some sense and take it for a test ride. Mm-hmm. Experience because, some of what we're being told and taught and right. it, what's being imposed on us every day. Yeah. Right. So for them, it might not be worth it to come out. Because they might be like, you know what, I can just... All they have to do is deal with it for then. Mm-hmm. And then do... It's a test run. It's a test run, but also it's like... They can deal with the discrimination and like all the talk about their sexuality during that movie. And then all they have to do after that... Play a straight character in the next movie. Do another movie where they're a super straight character and all of a sudden those rumors are put to rest. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they play a character in the next movie that's having... Wild sex with a lot of women, nobody cares. If I had that, that possibility in high school, right? I can think of exactly one person when I was in high school that I was like, I might possibly have a crush on this person. Mm-hmm. If I could pre- pretend or actually be in a relationship with that person, and then on the flip side be like, that was just a role, I was pretending, I was doing something else, and then be in a relationship with a man... And completely negate everything that I said, it'd be an entirely different experience mm-hmm. than if I if I hadn't done that. Yeah. Or if I had never been in a relationship with a woman, or if I had been in a relationship with a woman and then not been in a relationship with a man afterward. Like, there's this, there's this idea that if you're in a relationship with a member of the same sex... And then, this is an example of bi erasure. If you're in a relationship with a member of the same sex, and then say, I was joking, I was playing a role, I was pretending, I was doing this, I was experimenting, I was whatever, and then become in a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex, you can completely, like, people will just accept that what you did wasn't really you. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, no, I feel that. Yeah, all you have to do is... Give them a reason to not think it's true. 
and you can correct that. So, thinking about Jake Gyllenhaal, like I said, Nolan, although he played a character in one of the most prominent films about gay men, Brokeback Mountain. Ever. No, for literally ever. Yeah. Um. No one thinks of as a, him as a queer man. So I pulled up his filmography because I was curious to be like, now I'm curious in general to be like, did these straight men who played gay characters, have they played like super masculine characters after that? Mm-hmm. So in the same year that Brokeback Mountain came out, he was in a movie called The Man Who Walked Between the Towers. He was just a narrator. It was a documentary. Um, Proof. It's a drama film. And Jarhead, a war film. And he's the main character, so he's like a soldier. So that's like as masculine as you get. From this list, I've heard of Love and Other Drugs. Yeah, I was going to talk about some of the other ones, too. Okay, I'll stop. So, another one, two years after that, Zodiac comes out. He's playing, I don't remember the guy's name. He was a political cartoonist who basically like figures out a lot of the stuff about the Zodiac killer. Mark Ruffalo. Before else does. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo is an <laughs> And too. Robert Downey Jr., is that it's not? It's a very Is that not movie? just Marvel? <laughs> no, well... Yeah, basically. It's Mysterio, Hulk, and Iron Man try to catch a serial killer, and they don't do it well. Okay. They fail. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that people know. Rendition. It's like a thriller. Um, Prince of Persia. That's like a Disney movie, but he plays like a very masculine buff character who in the... I'm looking at the cover for the movie right now, and he's carrying two big knives. Oh, love. Um... Love and Other Drugs is another one you brought up, where he's like, the whole thing is just fucking around with people. Nightcrawler is a really good example, because he plays the super selfish um, photographer, I believe, who's trying to get, like, footage of crimes that happen in order to make money off of them, like, mm-hmm. for the tabloids. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a paparazzo, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he starts, like, kind of creating situations to take pictures of so he's the first one there with the best pictures so anyways in the years after Brokeback Mountain he played a lot of straight characters very straight I mean overall that might be the only queer characters he's ever played yeah I don't know I'd have to look through his whole filmography and quite frankly I don't have the time I would be very interested obviously not a possibility but I would be very very interested to talk to him his managers his the whatever company it is in quotes, company that he talks, or he works with. I would want to know what exactly they thought about him playing that character. Mm-hmm. If they were like, this isn't going to be career damaging, no one's actually going to think he's gay, it doesn't matter, we're just going to put him in this role because it's going to be a big controversial movie. Or if they were like, we're going to do this as a risk, people might think he's gay. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to put him in all these very, very straight roles after that. Like, I want to, I want, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the group of people discussing him being in that movie. I want to talk about something else here. I'd love to. This made me think of something. So, um,. Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger both were the main stars in Brokeback Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger, may he rest in peace. Have you seen Love the movie? To death. No, actually, I've never seen the whole thing. Me either. I love Heath Ledger, though. He's a cutie. Anyway, they got Academy Award nominations for their roles. And 
if I, I think I've read something in the past about how a lot of times, um, actors who play queer characters, straight actors who play queer characters in movies that are, you know, like considered Oscar worthy films, you know, it's not like, like Love, Simon wasn't an Oscar worthy film, but like there's some sort of like praise that straight actors are given when they play queer characters that's literally just like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. That's so far out of your comfort zone because you know you're attracted to women. That kind of hurts me because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like straight actors who play queer characters get more recognition for their acting then, than queer character queer queer actors who play queer characters. Yeah. Like let's talk about Pose not getting any fucking nominations for awards. Mm-hmm. Even though they're all acting their asses off and they're playing characters that very much relate to their own identities and their own experiences. Mm-hmm. But, sure. Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger for Brokeback Mountain. Not saying, not even saying that they're, I'm not saying their performances weren't great because I'm sure they were. Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal are both insanely talented actors and I can't argue with you there. But it's not, it's just not fair. They're being judged on a different scale. Yeah. They get praise for playing queer characters when queer characters who play queer characters don't get the same praise. Because it's it's viewed as, like, you did this thing that's so brave and scary and straight people are going to judge you because you're yes. pretending to be gay. And, like, what if people think yeah. you're gay? And, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you've done this. Right. Whereas, like, if a gay par- character or if a gay actor plays a straight character, it's, like, it's 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 not viewed as, like, this big, brave move as, like... You could be outing yourself, or you could be viewed as this, or like whatever. Like nobody really cares when it when a gay actor plays a a straight or a or a trans actor plays a cis character or whatever. It's not as quote unquote big of a deal. It's not potentially career ruining. Mm-hmm. It's just like what they are doing. The interesting thing to me is I feel like I'm thinking of it in a different way. I feel like you're thinking of it as when people cross that line from either side between straight and gay, straight and queer. I'm thinking of it as when straight actors cross that line, they're really praised, but queer actors aren't praised for playing queer characters. And the difference to me is the thing I was thinking when you said is like straight actors are praised for making this crazy bold move in one fucking movie. Mm -hmm. We live this every day. We do this every day. We are brave. Every fucking day. Yeah. But no. they were brave on a private closed movie set. I think we're I think we're agreeing but differently. Yeah, you we were just coming at it yeah. we had different ideas. Because I'm the same thinking time. of it like as if a if a queer character plays a straight character, that's kind of what we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. Like I can think of the last not the last, but like five years of my life, fourteen to nineteen, where I knew that I was queer, but I wasn't out yet. And like I knew that was that was a, that was a role that I was playing, mm-hmm. in a way. And if I was an actor and I was playing a straight character or a cis character, I'm not, I'm not um, gender nonconforming or trans or anything. But like, if I was playing a queer character, or a straight character as a queer woman, I. It would feel more natural to me because it's something that I've been used to doing my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a role that I've played in my real life. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if a straight character is playing a queer role, 
they aren't used to doing that. It's not something that they've ever had any experience in. Yeah, right. It's not something that they know how to pretend to do. I know how to pretend to be straight. I've had to do it so many times. Right. I've, I, I've had to do it even after I've come out. It's just something that, like, you you analyze spaces and you decide if they're safe or not. And you play the role that is necessary to keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in the place that I'm currently working, I don't know that it's safe for me mm-hmm. to be out queer gay woman right so i'm not right i bring a different water bottle to class or to work with me because i know that if somebody sees the wrong sticker on my water bottle it could be dangerous for me right nobody who's straight has had to worry about that so like i know how to play this straight character i know how to act straight i know how to fit in with straight people Mm -hmm. as needed right Straight people playing queer characters have never had to fit in with gay crowds or queer crowds or had to pretend to be someone they're not right. to, to, to be safe in a space. So it's not fair to expect them or to expect queer characters to identify with them for the work that they've done pretending to be queer. Mm-hmm. Whereas... If I was an actress, me pretending to be straight is something that I've already done. Right. I know how to do it. Right. I've done it. I do it still every day. I've been out for three, four years. I know how to pretend to be straight. I know oh, how to yeah. fit in. I know how to be what I'm not to keep myself safe. Right. And that's not something that straight characters or straight actors have to do before playing queer characters. Right. Um, that made me think of a couple things. One, in a world where being straight is the default and the expectation, mm-hmm. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, straight actors are being praised for playing queer characters in one movie, but we are continually choosing to be queer people every day mm-hmm. and present as queer people and be queer people in a world where we're not expected to do that. The other thing I was thinking of is for queer people who grew up in a place where they didn't have access to queer culture or other queer people. Um, I grew up in a very rural area, so did you. I only knew three or four queer people in my high school. No, so, like, me. we didn't have enough knowledge of queer culture between the few of us to actually know what it meant or anything. So there's something to be said for queer people not only have to figure out how to act straight to protect themselves... Some of us have to figure out how to act queer mm-hmm. and to code ourselves in. to other people can identify other queer people can identify us and know who we are. Yeah. So like overall, queer actors are superior because they know how to fit both roles. Yeah, we've had to because they had to. We have had to figure out and learn how to be able to switch between the two roles as we need to, and. Some of that's for safety, and some of that's just because we come out and then we don't realize what it means to be queer because we're not surrounded by other queer people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. It, it like... It is, it like, we have to play a more... 
a more complicated role Mm -hmm. in our everyday lives. So, like, whether we're good actors or actresses or whatever else, like, that doesn't matter when, like, you have the lived experience of pretending to be something you're not. I've had that thought a lot. Like, I genuinely believe that I would be a good actress if I wanted to be an actress, which, like, I don't. But, like, if I if I wanted to, I think that I would be good at it because I know exactly what it's like to pretend to be something that I'm not. Because I had to do it for so long. So that leads me to a follow-up question I had while you were talking. Do you think that when you were trying to be straight, you were, like, succeeding at your goal? Yes, I do. Okay. I was, I mean, if you went to my high school and we were friends and you're listening to this and you disagree with me, please message me. I'm not going to be offended. I want to know. But, like, I genuinely think that the people that I was friends with in high school thought that I was straight. I always picked male crushes to share with my friends. Mm -hmm. I always said, hey, like, I'm really interested in this guy. I think we could be friends, whatever. I never, ever, ever, ever in a million years shared with myself, let alone my friends, that, like, this might be a woman I'm interested in. Mm. Or this is a female that, like, I see as a potential partner. Like, I've never shared that with anybody. But, like, when I was when I was in high school, I would talk about it, like, it was, like, a big deal when I had a crush. Because, on a guy, especially. Because, like, when you, when you think about the average... The average amount of crushes that a straight girl has. And then you think about me as a bisexual woman and the crushes that I had. You have to kind of divide it by two. Mm-hmm. Because I have, to, I have to completely ignore the female crushes. I have to not talk about them. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like, hey, I have a crush on a specific man, people are like, okay, yeah. But then I have to, like, make something up <laughs> to, to be like, yes, I'm also attracted to this man because... To, like, make up for the fact oh that I... Oh, my God. Anytime you had a crush on a woman, you're like, mm, gotta replace it with a man. Literally. I, I can't tell you how many times I thought it was, like, a big deal that I was telling my my best friends. Like, even people to this day that I think of as, like, really close friends. I love you to pieces. I tell you what I am interested in. I tell you what I like. And I tell you what I think and whatever. It's people that I'm still friends with. At that time... I was, like, making up men to have crushes on mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that I had crushes on women. Because I didn't want them to know. Yeah. Like, I'm, th- I'm thinking back to all of the people throughout my life that I've considered my best friend. All of them are women. None of them did I ever have crushes on. Because I'm very, personally, I'm very good at differentiating between who I see as a friend yeah. and who I'm interested in yeah me too so like all of the people that i've considered my best friends thinking of a list in my head not gonna name them out loud but like if you're listening you probably know who i'm talking about i've probably thought of you as as a best friend in some point at some day i've probably lied to you about who i'm interested in because i was interested in a woman and i didn't want to tell you Mm -hmm. right right I, I I just looked a girl up on Facebook that I was interested in high school 
I never would have considered her a best friend because I wasn't comfortable doing so. Yeah. Because if I had, if, if I had identified her as my best friend, people would have 100% without a doubt identified us as yeah. lesbians. And they would have been like, you guys are gay. Like, yeah. no doubt about it. So, like, you have to be careful about who you're picking, who you're pretending to be interested in, who you're not pretending to be interested in. How old do straight people have their first crush? I invented my first crush at a certain age <laughs> because I believed that was what we were supposed to be doing at a certain point. Uh-huh. So my entire family would probably list my first crush as somebody that I thought was my friend at the time, but I listed as a crush because I genuinely enjoyed his company uh-huh. and enjoyed hanging out with him. And to this day, like, think about the fun that we had as first graders mm-hmm. as fun but like we're first graders so like clearly I wasn't like sexually attracted to him as a first grader right but like my entire family all of my friends that I had at that point would identify him as my first crush when like it wasn't that's not what it was right you were just reading the social cues and going with it I was like okay so my my friends and family are asking me who my first crush is this is my favorite person of the opposite sex. This is the person that makes me laugh the most. This is the person that I make laugh the most. I feel the most comfortable around. This is the person that I am going to list as my crush. Oh my god, they were your beard. Literally! Literally, I could I could name my first beard right now in this moment, and my entire family would be shook that I never actually had a crush on this person because it was listed as my first crush for so long. Did I ever tell you that I was kind of Darius's first beard? I'm not surprised. He had a big crush on me in first grade, and he got mad at me when I didn't go to his SpongeBob SquarePants-themed birthday party. Oh, I love him. Darius, if you're listening, I love you very much. Darius, if you're listening, I want to hug you so bad. I don't like hugging people, but you're my most favorite person to hug. I don't like hugging people either, but I hug him every time I see him. Remember when we, at your old apartment, um, I have a video of Darius laying on your couch or me laying on your couch and Darius laying on top of me and we were snuggling yeah and we were hugging each other and we were having the best time of our lives yeah and that was like the first time that I've ever felt that comfortable around a man Mm -hmm. because I knew damn sure that Darius wasn't going to assault me he hits different in my first apartment he stayed with me for like four days once and he was sleeping in my bed one night, and I, we weren't sleeping, we were, like, all hanging out in my mm-hmm. bed. No, I was there. Yeah, you were there. I, I was I, there. I was just, like, rolling over and just, like, snuggling up on him, and at first he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just wanted to do this. I and just feel like, comfortable around okay. you. I, I miss human yes. contact, and gay men, I feel safe around, because yeah. they're not going to assault me. No, I feel that. Darius, I if you're listening to this, I don't know if you listen to our podcast, but if you are listening, I love you, and I hope that I can hug you soon, because I miss you so much, and I love hugging you. Oh my god. Courtney's borderline Debbie Ryaning right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love letter to Darius aside, um, I want to answer the question I asked you. What so like you're, you're, if you think you pass as a straight person. Oh, did I answer that? Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah. You did I pass? You said that if you were to be an actress, well, to you, you passed. I should I just start you, calling people from high school listen. and asking if they passed if I passed. So I met Rhiannon 
when I started college, Rhiannon's a year older than me, so she was a sophomore in college, I was a freshman. I knew that bitch was queer the second I met her. I was out and bisexual and had a girlfriend, so, like, my, my, my queer door was on high alert. And I knew Rhiannon was queer, and then she ended up coming out to me, like, the following summer. It took a while, but we got there. Anyway, so, you probably did pass really well in high school and stuff, but... I caught her, y'all. I got her. So for me, I'm, I just, just right now messaged my best friend from high school and asked her, hey, I have a random question. Are you, in, are you open to answer it? We'll see what she says. I'm excited. In the meantime, she's typing. So for me, I, um, I haven't talked about this before. I always had an inkling that I was queer. I, I very classically got caught looking at porn as a kid, and then I made up some lie that, like, one of my friends had two moms, so I was like, I think my dad kind of suggested it. He was like, oh, is this because your friend has two moms? You're, like, curious about this? And I was like, yeah, that, definitely that. Um, and then it just kind of went, whatever. And I always, like, kind of knew that I was queer. I just never, like, came to terms with it. I remember telling one of my boyfriends in high school. He was the first person I ever told, like, um, yeah, I think I, for a long time, I thought I might have been queer, but now I don't think I am. And then I came out as bisexual, like, a year after that. Anyway, I didn't think I was queer, so I didn't feel like I was acting until, um, I, like, made out with a girl at a party and then ended up dating her for a while. So I had to very quickly confront the fact that I very much was queer. And I thought I was hiding it really well. I'm very strongly considering messaging literally every person I ever considered to be my best friend and asking them if they thought I was queer. Bonus episode. Rhiannon reads her text messages. I, I messaged one already who's been my best friend for a very, very, very long time. I'm very close with her. We were, like, each other's dates to dances as, like, platonic friends. Um, I've never been attracted to her or whatever. I just messaged her, and I'm waiting for her response right now. But I'm very curious to see I'm what she excited. said. Have you ever heard the song Secrets by Mar- Miranda Lambert? Yes. So, that's a song that I introduced her to when we were in high school. And we both loved the song. She's very straight. So, it was, like, a... I'm so gay, and I was like, oh my god, this song is perfect, except for, like, that line, right, you know? Um, we were just talking about the song the other day, and how much I love that song still to this day. Oh, girl. So I messaged her, and I was like, okay, quick question. <laughs> I think your friend will read you. Wait, she might. Um, so anyway, I, like, made out with a girl at a party when I was in high school. This was in, like, January of my senior year, and then I started dating her, like, two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ready to come out. Because, like I said, I was confronting the fact that I was queer and, like, dating a girl all at the same time. Which, don't do that. That ended really badly for me. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought I was doing a really good job of hiding it. Because I had never given my parents or anybody else any reason to think I was queer before that. Um, and then I ended up coming out to my dad the following July. It was, like, end of July. Um, and I was... I remember, like, going into the kitchen and being like... Dad, I have something to tell you. And he was like, okay. And my dad does this thing with his face where Rhiannon can see me do it in real life, but I have to try to describe it, where he looks like he's trying to keep... Okay, you know how when you're trying to keep a straight face, but you're kind of laughing? 
So your mouth kind of twitches like this. <laughs> that's, that's what he does when he's trying to lie or like trying to play it cool. So he did that. He's like, okay. And he's definitely trying to keep a serious face. Yeah. But, his mouth but he knows exactly twitching. what you're going to say. He knows, okay, not, even, not exactly. Because then I go, I'm just like, I'm on the brink of tears. I'm about to have a full breakdown. Yeah. I'm like, I am bisexual. And then I just start sobbing. And then he hugged me. And he was like, right as he's going for the hug, he's like, I thought you were a lesbian. And then he hugged me. <laughs> okay, okay. We had very, very, very similar coming out experiences. Okay, so set the scene. I don't remember if it was 2019 or if I was 19. But something about 19 feels right to me, right? It's New Year's Eve. I'm a little drunk. Wait, tell me why my party where I made out with a girl was New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) New Year's Eve is a revolutionary day. New Year's Eve is for bisexuals. Yes! Okay, so it's New Year's Eve. I've been drinking with my little brother. He's he's not drinking. I'm drinking because I'm an adult. I'm not 21 yet, but I'm an adult, and he's not, even though he's only 17 months younger than I am, which whatever. Connor, if you're listening, I love you. Anyway, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm not ready to tell mom and dad yet, but I'm bisexual, and, like, you may have already known this, but it's whatever. I'm, like, sort of telling him, but not really, and I'm like, I really want to tell them because I had an inkling that one of my other siblings was a little queer and I want to be a good role model for them and whatever. So, New Year's Eve, after my younger siblings had already gone to bed, my brother and I go upstairs. Like I said, it's either, I'm either 19 or it's 2019, which are different ages for me. I don't remember. But I go upstairs and I'm like, hey mom, I just want to tell you... I'm, I'm bi. And I start sobbing. Mm-hmm. Similar to what you did, I start sobbing. Yeah. And my dad walks into the room. He wasn't even there for my coming out, right? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, we've been new. And I'm like, dad! Dad, no. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to say that. But I'm like, I'm mortified, right? Absolutely mortified. And I'm like, it's whatever. And I'm still crying and it's bedtime. They're going to bed. So I'm like, whatever. I hug them both. They're like, we love you no matter what. Whatever. I go downstairs and I'm like, oh my God, I just told my parents. That means I have to tell other people too. So I start messaging all of the friends that I hadn't yet told. So, like, I had already told you. I knew way before everybody else. You and Darius were, like, the first few to know. There were a couple who knew before you. Hannah Jane. Mm -hmm. Hannah Jane knew before you. But, like... That's fair. I accept that. On a very, very low-key level. I was like, hey, Hannah Jane, maybe don't refer to me as the straight friend. And she was like, that sounds gay. And I was like, (laughs) 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 Hannah Jane, no. Um, But... I I told him, he's like, we've been new, and then I cried for the rest of the day. Absolutely. I cried for hours. No, for sure. And my brother was like, can you chill? And I was like, no, this is a very big deal. And he was like, how many people have you told? I was like, like, four people today. Which is like a lot of people! No, (laughs) Right? Like, it's a lot! It feels like such a big relief. And, like, a huge weight off your chest. Especially for people you're really scared to tell. Like, I was really, really scared to tell my dad. Yeah. Because genuinely, like, I really didn't know how he was going to react. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, even though he was like, I thought you were a lesbian, I was like, okay. But it was better than literally anything else he could have said. 
My friend that I was talking about earlier, the one who also has yeah. an interest yeah, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. song, messaged me. So I said, did you, did it ever cross your mind that I might be queer? Um, this friend says, you definitely had an interest in men, but it definitely crossed my mind that you might be bi. I was indifferent either way, so I didn't really think about it too much. I now want to message literally every person that I've ever considered my best friend. Okay, I'm telling you, we gotta do a bonus episode, and it's just gonna be Rhiannon asking people whether or not, like, we'll just share the statistics with you. That would be really interesting. I love, I love doing stats about dumb things. All right. Um. Ooh, it's a long. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, we're so sorry for this long section. Um. Let's take another break. We'll do the shot when we go back into the next section, so this one isn't so long. But we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. We're eating bomb pops. (laughs) That's the first time you've ever... You have ever welcomed people back. Um... We didn't, I didn't mention it as it was happening last clip, but Rhiannon was, was taking jello shots without being told. I sure was. Like, at least a three of them. them. I at might take At least more. three. I'm feeling it right now. Oh, I can tell. Hello, everyone. We're taking, we're eating bomb pops. Well, since you brought it up, I'm gonna judge you on the podcast. She ate the middle first. Because white is objectively the worst flavor of bomb Okay, bomb. but like, you were risking the red Okay. Falling off for the sake of eating to the To be fair, first. I've eaten Bomb Pops my entire life because they're super fucking cheap and we've been poor my whole life. That's the first time the red has ever fallen off before I've been finished with the white. I doubt that. I'm calling your mom. Call my mom. I don't care. Susan. Don't do it right now. I think she's sleeping. Hold on. We don't want to unwillingly put her on the podcast. Wait, it into my account. She said she had to wake up early to make breakfast for... Oh, she said she was going to prep, so she didn't have to. She's probably still in bed, though. I'm going to text her and say, hi, are you awake? Okay. Anyway, Rana needs bomb pops like a fucking psycho. You can't so, convince me that white is not the worst flavor of bomb pop. That's... I'm just... I'm shook that you're, like, sacrificing... The correct way to, like, eat a popsicle, which is, like, top-down, because you don't like the white the most. I think you are being judgmental about what the best way is. I am. Which is not fair. Supremacy. You're being top-to-bottom supremacist. Okay. Am I oppressing you? Yes. How? By telling me that I'm wrong and being abusive. Oh, no. Am I persecuting you? Yes. (laughs) White is the worst part, and you cannot convince me that the best way to eat a bomb pop, any food, any food, the best way to eat any food is worst to best flavor, right? So, like, if you have a plate of food in front of you and you have to eat one at a time, you're going to eat the worst one first. Yeah, but you can't compare. Yes, you just said yes, no. that's all matters. So, no. when you're eating a bomb pop, the middle is the worst, right? You cannot compare a plate of food I can compare whatever the fuck I want to complain. a food like a bomb pop that's on a fucking stick. I can, if I eat the worst food on the plate first, the rest of the food's not going to fucking fall off the plate. I'm calling my brother. Why? 
Because he agrees with me. Okay, then you need to immediately tell him that he's on a podcast when you do this. I'm doing it. Fine. I don't know if he'll answer because he's kind of in the military. <laughs> kind of, though. Also, the Go fact on. that you Shut can Shut up, call... I'm calling my brother. No, the fact that you can call one person that agrees with you to outnumber me means nothing. He's the you most important from... person to me. You come from the same... I don't care. You come from the same family... So you likely have the same beliefs about eating. I don't care. My mom doesn't like bum pups. So okay. clearly we both... Fuck you. I'm going to call my sister. We but both, I can't because we're recording. So now I'm at a disadvantage. I'm I don't being, care what you say I'm about your family. I'm being oppressed. Yeah. Good. You heard it here first, folks. His Rhiannon's opinion is the... Pr- what? <laughs> it's 2021. <laughs> Alright. Let's wrap this shit up so I can kick you out of my house. So we talked about... Um, I don't, I still don't know what to call this episode. Sexuality and acting, question mark? Um, I'll think of something by the time I post this. But we talked about what it means for actors to play characters that do not share their sexuality and the differences in that. Um, to clarify just a touch more, although if you've been listening, you should know what the fuck I'm talking about. Straight actors should not play queer characters. But if queer characters want to play straight actors, it's fine, because we already have the experience. And... God damn it, we deserve it. Anyway, that's what we talked about. Let's let's plug some shit. Um, you can find all of our podcasts at anchor.fm slash byqueens. You can also leave us voice messages. You can let us know what you want to hear us talk about. You can let us know what you think about this episode. Um, give us some thoughts. I would love to incorporate some of these into our upcoming episodes. Yeah, you can let us know. So, for comparison's sake... You consider the fact that the American Girl Doll episode and this episode are, without a doubt, the drunkest episodes. Mm-hmm. Do you like those better? Yeah. Are those worse? Do you want us to avoid getting as drunk as we are now? Are the episodes that are less organized um, better or worse? I'd like to clarify. I'm not drunk. I am. Rhiannon's drunk. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, my mom just... I could safely operate a motor vehicle right now. Oh, God, I could not. Um, you know what? Leave us a voice message about what you think about bomb pops. So we can follow this up with some real data. Becca! This is about you. Rebecca, I'm talking to you specifically. Message me right now. Me specifically, not Courtney. Just me. Tell me what you think. I'm very curious. This podcast doesn't come out for like three weeks. I don't care. Okay. I want to know in three weeks what Becca's thinking about Bomb Pops. Okay. Because you're wrong. I'm going to submit Bomb Pop eating to my favorite podcast in the world, You're Wrong About, so they can debunk it and let us know what we're actually supposed to be thinking. My mother says, there's clearly some overlap in the middle, but the middle is the worst flavor, so you start with that, but then you have to go from red, white, and blue with what's left, which is what I was trying to do. Okay, so this is your mom's fault. No. She's the one that taught you to eat it like that. No, she didn't. She just gave me bomb pops and that's what I did because it's right. Anyway, you can also find us on Twitter at ByQueensPodcast. Um, I just tweet stuff every once in a while on there. Usually tease about what our upcoming episodes are about. And... 
I always tweet whenever we have a new episode. So if you're looking for some way to figure out and remember that we release episodes every other week, Twitter is a great way to do that. And yeah, we post new episodes bi-weekly. Um, I don't really know what our next episode's going to be about. We haven't quite decided yet. We brainstormed a lot of ideas in the last couple of days. We've got some ideas for some TV shows we want to talk about that one of us has watched but the other one hasn't. Um, themes in those TV shows. We're pan- planning a huge porn episode. With a oh my god, there's going to be so guests. many visitors on that one. That one's going to be a shit I, show. I almost feel like we should record that one on the night of my master's graduation party. Probably a good idea. Because there will be that many people. Yeah, yeah, there. I was thinking the same thing actually. Yeah. And I'd be 100% down to talk about porn after graduating with a master's degree. Because your queen is going to have two degrees. Um, I'll only have one degree still. But I wrote a term paper about porn. And I got an A on it. So, I'll show up with the research. Randy can just show up with the thoughts. I have so many. Anyway, yeah, leave us voice messages. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on anchor.fm slash queens. Do you have any other thoughts, Rhiannon? No. She, she took one last shot, and I think that is a wonderful note to end on. We will see you next time. Music for this podcast, courtesy of Girls Like You by Stephen Kartenberg, obtained from ccmixter.org. This episode of Bi Queens and all other episodes of Bi Queens can be streamed exclusively on Spotify. Viewpoints and opinions shared by Courtney and Rhiannon do not reflect the viewpoints and opinions of their respective employers.